Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app and answer a few questions. With Angie, you can book instantly at an upfront price or request and compare quotes from multiple pros so you can find the best price for your project. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 659. It's time for the Nerdist Community Cockboard. What you got, Katie? Well, do you guys like Back to the Future well, and Cruises? Well, I think you know we do. <laughs> Well, there's a Back to the Future cruise that starts on uh, November 7th of this year. It is, uh, it is a charity for the uh, Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's Research. And it is a week-long vacation on the world's largest cruise ship with lots of fun and exciting adventures. It doesn't say. I believe Norwegian Epic currently is the largest cruise ship. It might be. It has a picture of it. It's really cool. Does it go 880 miles per hour? No. Not it does about 36 knots. How fast is that? Fucking fast for a giant ship, bro. How, how fast, fast is that is in that? miles per hour? Like 30. 30 know. miles an hour? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I guess that's fast. For something that's 1,063 that feet thing. and 40 decks? Yeah, I guess that's it's like true. like the Enterprise. Yeah, that is pretty big. Speed. Let me see if that's the right ship. Yeah. It looks really cool. Well, it's not the Norwegian Epic. Unless they it, it could just picture. be a picture of a ship. Too. Guys, I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Katie coming in with guys. Reasons. It could just be a ship that they put guys, in there. It doesn't necessarily guys, have to be guys, there's special guests, okay? Cast and crew of your favorite films. That's the Back to the Future films. Sailing from Fort Lauderdale, Florida with a fun port stops at Cozumel, Jamaica, and the cruise's own private resort beach. Sweet. Reservations for this once-in-a-lifetime event can only be made through our official travel agents listed below on the website www.bttfcruise.com rates are going to vary depending on room type you know if you want an in, you know interior facing room that's not going to be great for cruise ship guys it's going to be kind of not great so balcony i recommend getting a balcony plus it's for charity you can write it off space jonah help us sail along into the future come and be a marty mcswim on this cruise ship <laughs> uh-oh looks like we might have to avoid some reef tannin I'm, first of all, guys, I'm, I'm still throwing you uh, impressed points for Marty McSwim, <laughs> which is fantastic. Thank you. Oh, it's on the Oasis of the Seas. Okay, good. Well, we oh. saw that. So, and the closing night ceremony, Oasis Under the Seas dance. That's right. It's uh, very similar to the... Uh, they just uh, play Don't Look Back in Anger. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say it's very similar to the Beatles at the Sea Boat. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's the thing, you know... Sometimes when you think, you ever think about episodes that we do and you go, oh, I nope. should have said this thing? I know Matt doesn't. <laughs> Guys, the Oasis of the Seas weighs 100,000 tons. It is 1,186 feet tall. It was constructed uh, in 2007, launched in 2008. Draft of 31 feet. Wow. Where do you, where do you dock brown something like that? <laughs> 
Well, in Jamaica, well, Cozumel, and the private resort beach. Well, it was initially in the uh, the Von Braun's, <laughs> and then it changed it to Brown. Uh, it's over in the. You have to say something about the JFK airport. Oh, uh, wait. Why? Uh, Who the hell is John F. Kennedy? Oh yes, yes, yes. Oh God! What Dang. was the name of the original street? Do you guys know where? Sycamore? Was it Sycamore? Was it Sycamore? I don't know. I don't know. We are going to have to know what we're talking about. No, don't tighten it up. Let it go. Let it free. Free wheeling on the Nerdist Podcast. Royal Caribbean's beautiful $1.4 billion cruise ship, the Oasis of the Seas, is going to take you back to the future for a good cause. Fade to the future. Guys... It is 72 meters above the waterline. That's pretty tall. 16 passenger decks. Boy, oh boy. 5,400 passengers at double, double occupancy in an emergency. She can hold 6,200. I wonder if Mayor Goldiefish Wilson would be there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she set a new record for carrying over 6,000 passengers. Can you believe it, guys? That By the way, on the ship, if you if you want a Pepsi, you don't have to pay for it. <laughs> you know, I do recommend on cruise ships, guys, you can get a drink package up top. It's going to save you a lot of money in the long run. Go for it. I've never Matt, been on a cruise in my life, but I'm somehow you know a lot fascinated about with cruise ships. <laughs> you certainly do. Which is not surprising. I can see that. I, I see that it's in the, the my reverse. the closest I have to the Enterprise. No, I get it. This episode is Tom Lennon returning. He's promoting The Odd Couple Thursdays on 8.30 uh, on CBS. Tom Lennon getting a hit show. Fucking great job for Tom Lennon. On our very first episode of Nerdist Podcast, Tom Lennon, also um, technically an executive producer of At Midnight and uh, an all-around good dude. Well, just like when we say EP, like Tom those, has his own Those job. checks are real. The che- he, d- he does get real checks. Uh, but uh, what a great dude and one of my favorite people to hang around. And he, he gave us the uh, oh, original funny. Reno pilot. He's going to make the wedding. Uh, well, <laughs> he's, he's terribly busy. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, is. he has a hit television show on CBS. But it's, his hit television show isn't on live on Sunday nights. Who gets married on a Sunday night? Stop promoting Talking Dead. <laughs> yeah. really I'm just saying, it. for the other it's 7 really million of you who can't make it to it. Matt's wedding, <laughs> you can watch Talking Dead. Uh, Nerds Podcast episode number 659. Katie, roll the thing. Speedoo-doo-doo. Now entering... Nerdist.com Wild Stallions. Um, that's a really, really good shirt. All of WonderCon, yeah, I was just having a conversation with WonderCon. I didn't know. You ever find somebody on Twitter that you had no idea was on Twitter? It changes your life. Son of Svenguli from Chicago. Hey, wow. <laughs> Son of Svenguli would host. Uh, he was the guy who hosted like Creature from the Black Lagoon. That's like, yeah. amazing. Like, you, uh, Saturday afternoon do you know in him? Chicago. I don't. Check it out. I bet Dan Gould him, follows him. I'm sure he does. Yeah. That's fantastic. Oh, Dana Gould interviewed all those like I'm on the people now. and some special. Do you ever see that specials on AMC? Like no, 10, he interviewed all the local, regional like horror movie hosts, uh, horror movie TV show hosts. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's how I, I got to be like friends met, with Vampire. I feel like I met Elvira one time. She I just I feel like I met her. Great. She looks yeah. great. I just Always saw her good. at Rob's Always birthday good. party. Oh my god, that was the greatest brag of all time. Are we already good recording? Yeah, <laughs> good because that was that was literally the greatest brag I've ever. I wouldn't have said that unless I just ran into. True, I know. 
Dick. For Chris, the character like, oh, Chris oh, yeah, on this yeah. show. Oh, for the character. Hey, Kyle. Yeah. Who's wearing a very similar short sleeve version of Tom's shirt? I know. Um, this is weird as a reference. A awesome. similar closet. Yeah, Matt, Matt, and I, <laughs> Matt and I. Does anybody want close. a coffee drink? I'll take a coffee drink. Just a black coffee? Uh, yeah. I would do a black coffee. Black coffee? I'm good, thank you. Right, well, black so, coffee in bed. Did you want American? Just a decaf, whatever you can get. I don't care. Um, how have you been, Tom Lennon? Are we already going the podcast? Yeah, you work more than anyone else. I work the only person. I literally, I only know one person who's busier than me, and that's either you. Uh, or Aisha Tyler. <laughs> Aisha's yeah. really busy, too. She's really busy. But you, yeah. in addition to mm-hmm. appearing on show, appearing in films and mm-hmm. television as, an, as a performer, yeah. you also write a mm-hmm. hundred scripts a week. But you have to. You know, uh, <laughs> the thing is, you have to write... I think our ratio, Ben and I were trying to figure out our ratio, and we, as you know, we've got some egregious turds uh, to our credit, <laughs> and some giant, giant hits. But you really have to write... If you want to get one movie made, write ten movies. That's the bummer, and and yeah. even then yeah. it still takes years. And don't not, I don't even mean on spec. I mean you got to write ten movies that you sell. Maybe one of them will get through. They've never. There's never been an era where they make less movies than they're doing right now. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I it, guess that's true. Oh, they they used to make they, movies used to come out like every week. There'd be like a, just a whole slew of movies, yeah. Yeah. and then they'd stay in the theater for a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big big was in the theater for like every nine movie. months. When we yeah. were kids, the whole point of movies is that they'd be out for a year. Yeah. <laughs> like if it was good Yes there, There's no chance Of a sleeper yeah. hit these days No Now you no, get yeah. A weekend And possibly the following Friday yeah. For a tiny bit Are there Are there The same amount of movies Being released But just a bunch of them Are on VOD Well my feeling is Oh it's funny We made a VOD movie Last year well, Oh uh, Hell Baby <laughs> um, Hell Baby Thanks everybody Thanks yeah. for the, uh, I'm going to hold For the applause In my head Thanks um, That's exactly out, how it sounded in my head. Katie, double this. this yeah, is, yeah. Uh, there we go. So yeah. we, uh, it's just more echoey as well. Not my time. Clap different. Not my time. <laughs> not my time. Not my time. Not my time. We're all doing whiplash guys to each other. <laughs> um, not my time. We put, out, we put out Hell Baby on VOD, yep. um, which was super exciting because uh, the day before it went on VOD, somebody, um, some friend of ours across the world uh, posted the entire film on YouTube in like full 1080 HD. How? Jeez. I don't know. It had the only uh, bummer was that you, you had to, but it was perfect, crystal clear, but it had Arabic subtitles that you just had to sort of look past. Unless, uh, <laughs> that's oh, the, so that yeah. wasn't part of the actual movie? No, no, no that oh, was not part of the movie. Oh, oh. I guess I saw that version. But uh, mm. it was one of the weirdest, like proudest moments of my life where I was like, holy cow, somebody stole our movie and put it up on YouTube and it got 69,000 views in 24 hours. That's fantastic. That's great. With no marketing. <laughs> With no marketing. Yeah. Yeah. So when people just steal stuff, it's just up. There it is. Yeah. I mean, if, if 69,000 people paid to see your movie, that'd, yeah. be, that'd be cool, right? Wouldn't that be so neat? Yeah, the, if they got it, it on iTunes or whatever. What's yeah. the... Uh, what are the numbers, by the way? What makes oh, a, that movie? What makes a good VOD? Like what... Oh, you know, things have done very well on VOD. I don't know because I've never done one. Is a hundred thousand good? Is a no. million? Is it a million or is no, it five hundred thousand? You still got to be in the millions, I think. Yeah. Still, wow. still, I think still. So I'd love to see, like, mm-hmm. you know, like watching watching what happened with a movie like Babadook. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. is that in the millions or is that is it like six hundred thousand or is it you know? I think it's millions. I don't. Yeah. Fluctuating did, like television. Did millions of people? Well, horror is always different. Horror, like yeah. everybody watches horror. Those are the, those are like kind of the money makers. Not in my experience. Not with that movie. Well, yeah, that's a horror <laughs> comedy. That's horror comedy. Though. Yeah, well, horror comedy, by the way, which is the genre that everyone says that's impossible. 
Yeah. But apparently, there's a good one out right now at South by Southwest. Is that uh, it? Follows? No, I thought it was called. Oh, uh, it follows. Looks really good. It looks it's, really. It's, it's been the getting one great about reviews. The, uh, the New Zealand movie about the family. What's the Final Girls? Final Girls? Oh, I don't know. Is that, that the one everybody's talking about? It's like a. It sounds it sounds good. Yeah. yeah. The one yeah. girl walks from the horror comedy right I saw was in was it, what takes place in New Zealand. And it's about this girl who gets. Um, she basically gets a house arrest with this oh, ankle nice. bracelet. And, that's a great idea. And then, and then it's already a good she's idea. Kind of a delinquent. Yeah. And so she st- she can't leave a perimeter of the house, and all this crazy ghost shit starts happening. Oh, nice! In the house. Great. She, fuck! What's the movie called? I, ah, I saw. I watched an entire uh, horror movie. It was a suspense thriller, really called Crawl Space, starring uh, Jonathan Crawl Space S- with Nick Kroll. Uh, no, nah. <laughs> he, he plays all the characters yeah. in the horror movie. It's a. Uh, it's hey, uh, how you doing? I was down in your cool space. Um, I don't. I don't want to freak you yeah. out, but I was just down in your cool space. Yeah. Do I? How? Uh, how? <laughs> I was down in the cool space. Do I scare you? It's me. Still me, Nick Crawl. Crawl space. <laughs> but it's a uh, crawl, crawl space with Jonathan Silverman, Lori Loughlin, or the mom and dad. Don't tell us who's in crawl space. And Stephen <laughs> Weber. Stephen and, Weber. And then who shows up for a little bit before he gets killed? David Koechner. Kex? Yeah. Uh, there was a period, David Koechner and I have been in more weird crossovers together than... We get, sometimes we get, it comes up on IMDb, you have frequently works with, used to be a Koechner. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. And I, me and Koechner, there was a period where he and I were just kind of like, a, they'd just rotate us around. Like yeah. Those, you know, like a petting zoo pony? <laughs> they would just kind of rent us out to the but shittiest movies. But not in movies. scenes together. You guys yeah. are always... We don't have a lot of scenes together. Yeah. We're usually covering slightly different territory. All right, I got Tom today. Yeah. I'm going to send you Koechner tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. I'll trade you a Tom for a Keckner. <laughs> well, we, he usually has scenes where he's like a crazy old miner or a drifter or a ghost, yeah. <laughs> and he tells the kids something inspirational. And I'm usually the, the guy who's like, you, oh, you nerd, I'm going to get you guys. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you. The pedophile? Is that you what you did? You did it now. I mean, of course. That's exactly, that I'm was gonna, my pedophile get voice. you guys. Yeah. God, I'm trying to find this uh. movie because I, I tweeted about it because it was so much fun. Oh, but speaking of Kendrick, that I think yeah. the movie him and Pat Healy did, uh, Cheap Thrills, got a lot of did really well on uh, on demand. You know, I I had an audition for that movie that I canceled. <laughs> no, which uh. part? I'm assuming for the Pat's part, the, that the, he for was the like, part? yes, and apparently he's amazing in it, and he's it's a really career changer, it. and it's like a fantastic thing. It's an incredible movie, and I remember thinking. Oh, I, I don't. It was one of those weird times. I like. I didn't quite read the script, and I was just like, I don't think I'm going to make it to that thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's it real like, good. Apparently, it's amazing. It's really, really yeah. good. Yeah. So there so, you go. So your your mm-hmm. instincts are trying to sabotage <laughs> <Yeah>. your career. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. The movie's called Housebound. Housebound. And it was directed by a guy named Gerard Johnstone, and it was really fun. And it just premiered at South South by Southwest. I don't, I don't know if it was at South by Southwest. We saw it on um, we saw it on uh, maybe iTunes. Or, oh, nice, or, nice. Or we just saw it on some VOD. So there's so many VOD services now. There's like. You can and and now you can join. I think like Ultraviolet, which is basically a. Oh, I, I have an Ultraviolet. It's like account. a storage yeah. locker for yeah. all for all a, movies. Well, not all movies, but essentially, like if you go to Flickster or however you mm-hmm. purchase films, then I believe Ultraviolet is basically like your yes, and like it stores your your, your yeah. shelf of where you keep all your videos. I have the the complete Batman series in my Ultraviolet. Well, you're in a Batman movie. Uh, different one. I'm talking about the Adam West. Oh, uh, Bur- oh you have the complete. The old. If you purchase the giant Batman box set, which comes with a little Batmobile, it also plays the Batman. I, I don't work for these people, by the way. Right. plays the Batman, the old theme song, if you touch the song. Your instincts told you not to read for it that day. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those things I got a note from Pat. Like, from Pat Healy. He's like, hey, I don't know if you heard. I'm getting amazing reviews for this film, and it's really, really great. And I was like, oh, right. I should have gone in. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, like as as a performer, yeah. because we're so mm-hmm. 
you for you you never really forget what it was like to not work. And yeah. so you have these things when you pass on stuff, you're like, fuck. I've almost never passed on it. As what you've seen my career, thing? I've almost never passed on anything in my entire life. I passed on Boat Trip, and then they later they, they bugged me and said, will you please come do this one scene in Boat Trip? And I was like, oh, of course. Of course I will. Was that the Cuba Gooding Jr. one? Yeah, yeah it was Cuba and um, Horatio. Uh, Horatio Sands. Yeah, it was right after Jerry Maguire, And right? they pretend to be a gay they couple on a cruise? accidentally get booked on a gay RSVP cruise. What? what? Everybody <laughs> Yeah. I think I'm going to like house setting. Uh, yeah. It was like a bad version. Remember that uh, the brilliant SNL sketch? Schmitz Gay. Sketch? Uh, yeah, Schmitz yeah, yeah. Gay. Which was originally Bud Gay, but of course Budweiser said, let's not go there. And also used to have a, a Van Halen song, but they had to replace it every exactly. time. Boy, repeated. we know a lot about the Schmitz Gay commercial. It's one of the best like fake commercials ever. Uh, so this is what we have to house sit all summer? Yeah. <laughs> a, and then like when they put the camera down, they both, there's that reaction shot where they both mm. look, like, you know, yeah. back away. Schmitz Gay. I like the... Yeah, they, they, they Tiny it. detail about the Schmitz Gay commercial on uh, SNL. Joe Latruglio from the state was a PA on that shoot. No way. Yeah, I remember, really? I remember he pitched me the idea, and I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to come do it? <laughs> nah, I'm tired. Joe Latruglio was, uh, yeah, <clears throat> was a, uh, uh, briefly a PA on... all. The, everybody in the state had, like, sort of Did you ever work on jobs. SNL? I never did, no. Would you ever... Did you ever want to? I'm sure I you really, wouldn't now, really, but did you want to? I still... I mean, yes. I mean, it's like one of those <laughs> things. It's like... There's no way around SNL being what it is. Yeah. It was, you know, like, I mean, we, we did our own thing, but, but. I'm surprised the state guys didn't get gobbled up by SNL. No, not like, only did we not get gobbled up by SNL, um, actively someone uh, who shall remain nameless was at a party. The problem with the state, one of the things about the great. Michael Gobble- Schumacher. <laughs> 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 oh, you got Put him in that position. <laughs> that is not the problem with the state. Many people, some people would say, I'm probably the problem with the state, as a matter of fact, because boy, oh boy, do we fight. But when you're in a group with, there was 11 of us, and when you're in a group with that many people, it's as if, it's like being in a band, but like, everyone assumes that you speak on behalf of the organization. <laughs> so there was some event in New York where one member of the state um, was basically just shitting on SNL. <laughs> but this was during a not amazing stretch of SNL. There was like, you know, some ups and downs. Okay, so Mike and Black s- was shitting on SNL. <laughs> it wasn't Michael Black. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going through everybody. John Holiday destroyed <laughs> SNL. <laughs> Michael it Patrick was, Dan was saying, it was it. Shit, Damn it, Kevin Ellison. <laughs> Kevin Ellison. So Kerry Kinney, we're going to yeah, find yeah, it. Yeah. No, so... Uh, like all we heard later, like years later, we heard like from some SNL people because well, I always liked SNL and we were always, you know, I had never had any issue. We thought we were going to like, you know, be their great rival of, or, or something, you know. But um, we heard years later from uh, somebody at SNL, they're like, oh yeah, the, the state guys, they hate us. And we're like, mm. who said that? Uh. Like, oh no, one of you. One of you said it very but specifically. That person doesn't speak for the group. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. But then here's a chart. Group, Let me explain the factions. We did so many dumb things that we had to apologize for. We all we all pulled down our pants at the Twenty One Club. The state. <laughs> what is that? The state was. We were just. God, we were so full of ourselves. <laughs> well, I think it's the punk. It's sort of like it's sort of like the punk and counterculture yeah. comedy movement when like young young comedy people eighteen nineteen twenty twenty one. 
come in and it's sort of like, yeah, we're going to fucking tear we, everything down. We thought we were the Sex Pistols. I mean, we were. <laughs> so we went. How could you know? You were young and you had a TV there was a, show. There was a William yeah. Morris party at the 21 Club, which I'd never been to in my entire life. It's, this whole sentence is amazing. So there was a William Morris party. There was a William Morris party at the 21 Club, which I'd only heard about because Grace Kelly in Rear Window says, <laughs> if Johnny can't go to the 21 Club, the 21 Club should come to Johnny. <laughs> and, and had never been, couldn't afford it, didn't know where it was. But they're like, do you want to come to the 21 Club? And the state would do what we would always do, which is come in and get fucked up and get <laughs> hammered on strong alcohol and ruin it for everybody. So, <laughs> so we went in, and it was, I think it was Ken Marino started. The first thing I did was there was all these name tags out for people that were going to be at the event. So oh, I no. took Regis Philbin's. <laughs> 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 just to be an asshole. I was, so I was like wearing Regis Philbin's. And we're all like smoking cigarettes. We all, well, the state was heavy smoking group at the time. And uh, we're just like standing around smoking at the 21 Club. And it was, I can't remember if it was Michael Ian Black or Ken Marino was the first one to pull his pants down around his ankles. But then we all did. Like dicks out? No, no, no. We all kept our underwear on. And I think it was this real, this is sort of the tidy whitey era. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't this, and it really. A super sexy kind of scene, but we all pulled our pants around our ankles and we stood in the middle of the 21 club and had a very heavy like conversation <laughs> and we tried to act as serious as we could. And, um, at a certain point, one of the, like the maitre d' or the captain of the 21 came over and said, gentlemen, please. It's the 21 Club. <laughs> and, and then we all felt like jerks and, um, uh, I guess I could, pro- I can probably say this because the statute of limitations has expired on this. But then, then Ben Garant stole a painting. <laughs> <laughs> ben Garant went into the bathroom of the Twenty One Club. And I say this now; he's a good friend. We've done a lot of work together. But he straight up took. A nice, like, por- what are they, like a portrait, a painting of a horse <laughs> off of the wall. How do you get it out? He shoved it into his pants. He didn't get out. He was immediately, <laughs> he was immediately caught. So, like, I've got the Regis Filman name tag on. We've all got our pants around our ankles. The next thing that happens is a crime, possibly a felony. The one guy <laughs> with his pants up has a painting in it. Has a shove. Yeah. <laughs> that was the problem. A beautiful oil painting of like a thoroughbred into his pants. <laughs> At this point, like, <laughs> it escalates. And they're like, gentlemen, <laughs> we're calling the police. <laughs> and we all freak out. And Ben, gave, gave, of course, pulled the painting out of his pants and gave it back. Um, uh, if you go in the men's room of the 21 Club, you can still see. Look at a, uh, you know, like a size. It's a, a portrait of a horse's face. And if you see and think it'll fit in Ben Grant. Ben, he's a small guy. He's got a tiny waist. So probably one of the but smaller. But it's just a, an imprint of Ben's dick on his face. <laughs> like the, it's just like. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was a. That evening, and then, uh, of course, Ben had to write. I'm not sure. Did we all have to write apologies to? Jesus. We had to apologize to the William Morris Agency. We had to write apologies to the president of the William Morris Agency, which, 
If you've never as an adult man had to write an apology letter to another adult man, it's weird. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It is weird. It doesn't feel it's great. N- and it's no. not worth it. It's no. not worth it. The antics aren't worth it. No. When you were riding away yeah. from the 21 Club, yeah. was it silent in the car? Or were you like, we did it? No, we or... ran. We never, we never, we didn't get in the car for, there was 12 years in New York. We never, we, I, I remember we were running down the street still carrying glass, glasses with drinks <laughs> in them from the 21 Club <laughs> as we were running away, probably screaming. So the place is still open. 21 Club is still there, believe it or not. But the state, ah, I got I mean, this good, good episode to tell just like weird, crazy state. Sure, yeah, please. please. These are the kind of people that we were in the state. <laughs> we once, we walked outside of uh, a bar called The Dugout. Um, Kevin Allison used to go into the bathroom of The Dugout and take off all his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Except, I guess, his shoes. And then he would come dancing out of the bathroom. <laughs> One of the first nights we ever hung out with Kevin... It was a place we would go there because you could get like a three dollar picture of Budweiser, which is sure. why if you if you Google old pictures of my face, something's not right. Yeah, <laughs> it's just something. You're basically Mr. Kool Aid, but with beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah. So we would go drink at the dugout, and then uh, Kevin Allison would. Uh, before we knew that he was going to have like the Risk podcast and be a, an instructor at Kink Camp and stuff, you know, like that, he would just take off all his clothes and then he'd come <laughs> he'd come dancing out. It's like I think it might have been the first night we ever hung out. He danced completely nude uh, out of the bathroom, singing a song that everyone in the state still remembers because it was it made a distinct impression. But he came out and he, and he sang, "Standing in an inch of urine well becomes a sailor man." <laughs> and then I believe he said, "Never mind my gerbil penis," and uh, danced, uh, <laughs> and danced around. And we we're like, "All right." We have found our Graham Chapman. Apparently. <laughs> We're like, you, you're with us. <laughs> yeah. two, two guys who got into the state, both by working the lighting board, Kevin Allison and Tom Lennon. Really? The secret way to get into the state was you had to be on the crew. You had, to, you had to be a roadie for a while. And then wow. you, yeah. you slid your way in. And then you, yeah, so were you pitching sketches, or did you, or did you just start appearing on stage and no one said, don't be on stage? You know what was, in, uh, what was insane is I was, a, I was a replacement member of the state. Um, I'm not, I was not a first year member because, uh, there was 11 of them and one guy quit and they thought, God forbid we lose another, uh, doughy white guy. Right. Let's make sure we squeeze one more dude into right. this group. Right. No sketch troupe could function with only 10 people. <laughs> with only, with only one girl and nine almost identical white guys. <laughs> what would we ever have done? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, I was, a. Uh, um, I got one guy, uh, a guy who's still a pretty good friend of mine, uh, quit the state, and um, it's strange because it changed mine. What was your life. first sketch? Uh, the first sketch I wrote, um, and I remember Ken Marino looking at me like he wanted to kill me. It was so bad. Uh, okay, here's what it was. <laughs> okay, it was called the Dream Ethmeth, <laughs> and. It was basically a parody of Fantasy Island where very reasonably priced dreams <laughs> could come true. And the, this still it strikes was, me as Tom's sense of humor. It was with Welcome to the Dream Ethmeth. And it was like somebody, she wants to be a substitute teacher. It was all just stuff that just was... So it's, an, so it's an Ismith. Yeah, with an Ismith. And I remember Michael Ian Black was glaring at me and Ken Marino was glaring. Everybody was just glaring at me. That was a great thing about the great thing about the state though. It was 
great practice for being in the movie business because as a writer in the studio system, every day you're in rooms full of people pitching them ideas and they're glaring at you like they want to kill you. <laughs> so it was that's so when you originally practice. So when you originally perfect. pitched to Ben Stiller Night at the Isthmus, Night at the Isthmus, we should make it a museum. It's <laughs> <laughs> like you're just constantly trying to get Isthmus into it. It was funny. I wrote a, a Baywatch spoof uh, in uh, the state that Jim Sharp, who's a great executive at Comedy Central and produced the state and uh, Viva Variety and oversees at midnight now still, um, he actually. Jim Sharp would grade our sketches and hand them back to us in the state. Wow. Yeah. And I think he handed me back a sketch, a Baywatch sketch I had written with a D. On it. <laughs> uh, but he would literally, it was like, he would do things like see me or you'd get like a check check and a wow. plus check. Did you get a smiley face? Like, no, on that one I got a nice I, work a for once in a while, but I got, a, I got a lot of D's and, and stuff. And I remember I, I wrote a, a Baywatch spoof sketch that was about guys pretending like they couldn't breathe to get CPR and Jim was just like this, this is terrible this legitimately <laughs> this legitimately this is bad work <laughs> so you so I'm, working I'm, in the state helped yeah. keep your ego in check when you started working in film that you wouldn't like you pitch stuff and people are like that's terrible and you're like fine here's right. another idea I don't care yeah because yeah. uh, literally our th- it was like we'd been like Max Katie in prison that's what the state was. Just like doing chin-ups. Yep. And shooting just down getting each ready. Just shooting down each other's ideas. Yep. Shooting down. People still give Mike Showalter uh, shit about a sketch he wrote called Wine Heist. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why. Oh, by the way, the reason I was telling the Baywatch thing is we, Ben and I then wrote the Baywatch movie last year. So we actually, like, it was, I got a D on my Baywatch sketch. But, but it became world, a movie. Yeah, but it became a movie. But uh, that's the great thing about us. When As soon as we get back in a room together... It could be 25 years later, but people will make fun of a sketch that you wrote 25 years ago, and and they mean it. Do you think your yeah. Do you think the ego is the biggest? Um, it's weird because I feel like you'd need enough of an ego to feel like something I do could be worthwhile enough that someone would make it. Mm-hmm. But if you have even slightly too much, then you'll you'll just get caught in the gears of Hollywood and spat out into a heap. I, you know, that's a piece of advice that we give in the screenwriting book that we wrote, which is. If, obviously, you need a ton of self-confidence, tons, and you need to uh, make your own decisions and move fast and not wait for people's approval. That said, once you've done those things, you have to be able to detach yourself from what people are saying about you and and notes and, and the insanity of the system. I mean, you, if you, you have to be able to not – if you're going to take things personally, you just won't make it in at this you just won't. It's 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 too hurtful. Mm. The odds against you are oh my god. So, um, um, uh, hang on a second. I'm trying to remember the. Uh, I was talking walking across a lot uh, with, um, and Sam Waterston was on the lot, and Sam Waterston had played my dad in a movie, and I was walking with uh, a guy that I'm running a movie for, and, and Sam Waterston. Asked me, he said, "When did you quit? When did you quit acting and start writing?" And I said, "I said, Sam, I, I never, I've never quit acting. It's just <clears throat> acting is such an unreliable profession." And Sam Waterston says, "You're telling me." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, the workingest actor in the history. <laughs> how long is he? How long was he on Law and Order of the world? Yeah, 
When I said acting is an unreliable profession, he was like, "Ah, oh, you're telling me." Yeah, uh, yeah, Sam Watterson. That who was he on Twenty Years of Law and Order? Oh yeah, yeah, like, for sure, <clears throat> for sure. Yeah, that reminds me of the uh, the behind the inside of the actor studio with with Gene Wilder when he ran into Cary Grant and Cary Grant was heaping praise on him for Silver Streak. <laughs> And Cary Grant movie. goes, yeah. I mean, it's a wonderful film. You take an ordinary chap like you or me <laughs> and put him in a crazy situation. Like, and Gene Wilder's like, like you or me? <laughs> like you or me? <laughs> like you or me? <laughs> in that, in that pan-Atlantic yeah. accent. Take an ordinary chap. Take like an ordinary you, chap like, like the two me. of us. Like you or me. He's just breaking down any comedy, too. That's just any comedy. Ordinary chap. <laughs> By the way, what if Silver Streak had been Cary Grant and Richard Pryor? That would have been amazing. That would have. Yeah. I'm just an ordinary chap. chap. Look, a mm. couple of ordinary chaps. You teach me how to walk jive. <laughs> <laughs> you teach me this said jive walk. Yes. Uh, so I've put this shoe polish on my face. Yes. To <laughs> it. Very good. Very good. No. Very good. No, not okay. Uh, speaking of Gene Wilder, recently I've been. I don't know if it was a good parenting decision or not. I, I mean, you make a lot of weird parenting decisions. There was one night I had like a weird flu. And uh, Jenny had stuff she had to do, so I had my son, and I was like, "I can, he can watch Batman Begins, right?" <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> "How old is How he old now? Is he? He's now five, but this was at about two, two and a half. Okay, I just was wasn't thinking. I was maybe a little bit feverish, you know. But you kind of forget. For example, they murder Bruce Wayne's parents in front oh, of him. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I remember that kind of as it was happening. You kind of forget. Yeah. The, the is that is that when Ollie became man. an idea? That's, he became an idea. <laughs> he became something more than a man, something that men fear. <laughs> That was I got him out, but I got what I got. I take him out in the back, and I just put him in a bucket full of possums. <laughs> There's a solid chance he might not be a, the hero yeah. of his story. Isn't that also the name of your blues album? Bucket full of possums. <laughs> bucket, full of possums. <laughs> bucket full of possums. And you got to blow purple flowers. He's in becoming. Space. He's becoming an idea. Yeah. yeah. The idea is a whole bunch of possums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you. Uh, I, I think. I think Ollie might be the official Nerdist podcast baby because I believe he is. He is almost yeah. the exact age of the podcast. That's right. right. When we came over to do our mm-hmm. very first podcast at your at your place, my wife and I had been were making love. <laughs> what? We as soon as I, I high fived you, I ran in. We made love and made a baby. That was it, right there. No, I think he was. He born. was born. He was. He was born, born at he that was point. Just a tiny baby. Tiny, tiny being, baby. We were whispering out in the back. Still a new. Still a new thing. Yeah. Wow. But then I, I recently I let him watch. Uh, I was like, is Young Frankenstein, a good idea with a little kid. And the answer is, it's a great idea. Great. Very physical. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great idea. Ollie, Ollie actually, Ollie got to meet Mel Brooks. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if you know this. Mel Brooks is frequently out. Um, he's a horse racing enthusiast. Yes. So he and uh, Dick Van Patten are often out at uh, Santa Anita in the very nice section where there's like oh, a beautiful table. Where he was with Mickey Rooney a few days before Mickey Rooney passed. So are saying you saying he killed him? Obviously. Yes. <laughs> you're saying? I'm saying horse racing is a very stressful endeavor. Why did they? Why? I'm just saying, yeah. where was Robert Durst? You're yeah. saying, why is not? <laughs> Look, I mean, I happen to be staying across the street from oh, Santa Anita. I don't know why Robert Durst, I've turned him into Gary Marshall. <laughs> my sister Penny said that <laughs> I should go murder voice. my mob, the friend of the mobster's blink, daughter. Blink, Gary Marshall is blink, now blink. my good friend, by the way. Is he really? We're now like, That's awesome. we're like pals. That's I got great. the holiday card. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, he must still be involved He's, somehow in the odd I, I couple. I never thought that he would really be involved in the odd couple because you see somebody's name on something, you think, like, ah, rubber stamp, they're not going to. He's at every single taping. He's always there. He That's stands like right at my shoulder, awesome. like a gargoyle. He gives me, <laughs> gives me all kinds of notes. But we're like, we're like, like how do I describe this? 
We're like we're kind of like bros, you know. Yeah. Holiday just, cards, yeah. holiday right. cards is kind of that's when you kind of reality check how weird your life is getting in yeah. the humble braggiest way. Yeah, but it's uh, a couple years ago on my refrigerator, I stood back and I'm like, "There's a holiday card from Pee Wee Herman, Weird Al, and Yoda." You did it. And uh, oh, wait, how do you get a Yoda, you get card? A Yoda card from Lucasfilm? Wow. I haven't made they that didn't list send yet. It for, did they send it for Life Day, or was it for Christmas? It was for Christmas, and it was Yoda like in a Santa hat. Wow. And uh, I get the Paul Rubens. We're on the Paul Rubens list. We're on the Weird Al list. Did I you did. write something for Mad for Al? I did. I did, too. Yeah, I did. That was another weird yeah. thing. So is it like a thirteen year old me? Like, so, I mean, like the magic of those things. Someday, Weird Al Yankovic's gonna ask you to write for Mad Magazine. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, it officially blew my mind. Mine yeah. too. Well, the other the other thing is about it. Here, here's the scariest thing about that. You ready? Yep. Get a call. Weird Al calls, or it was an email, I guess, but it calls. It says, "Do you want to write something for Mad Magazine?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm so dead inside now that the, great, <laughs> that the greatest thing in the world could happen to me. And I'd be like, yeah, sure. Well, I think, yeah, okay. wasn't it Bill Maher who said yeah. that, I think he said he realized he had made it when he got the call for his show. And he was like, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I had this conversation with Ken Marino yesterday. And because uh, he's got a show that's doing well and Odd Couple's doing really well. And uh, I was like, hey, how are you feeling? He's like, I don't, I don't really feel anything. I was like, I don't either. And then we figured out, <laughs> and we figured out why, which is if you're an actor, there's been, you've literally had a quarter century of almost nothing but disappointment and at rejection. every single turn. You get rejected so much that you build up this like suit of armor that eventually you just don't really feel anything. Well, yeah. To take out the lows, you yeah. also kind of scrape off the highs of course, too. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because... Yeah. You just, you're you so conditioned of the impermanence of what we do yeah. that even when, you're yeah. on a, even when you're on a hit show, yeah. you're like, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, it could go away tomorrow. Like, like, who knows? You must be excited, right? No, no. <laughs> the TV I mean, show I'm on right now was the top number five show last week on TV. That's fucking insane. Someone must feel that, right? So you, you feel it if, you really, if you really reflect on it. For a couple seconds, I feel yeah. it. And then it goes away. I feel, this, do you get recognized more now because of the show than you ever did? It's a different. It's a different crowd. I've had yeah mm, older and, crowd probably. It's an older crowd and a younger crowd. crowd. <clears throat> the only thing that was different is occasionally, uh, like I went with Disney to Disneyland with Ollie. Occasionally, people start taking pictures surreptitiously of you, which was weird. That was the only. That's never happened. When I was Lieutenant Dangle, that never happened. <laughs> Unless you, know, you got in Lieutenant Dangle, I was approachable. Now I'm so unapproachable. Well, I'm in a mink, obviously. The sure, mink, of course. The same mink that yeah. I'm wearing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's odd. And then this it's 90 of, degrees today. He's still wearing yeah, a mink. And then this, it's, it's, so they know, Matt. This is not a so crown, by the way. This is just a very, very fancy beret. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beret made of jewels. So you, I can a, understand why it, you would think it's a crown. People feel like it looks like a crown, but it's just. You know, it's funny. It's just you, a very expensive beret. You, you came on at midnight, I think, the week after Odd Couple premiered. Yeah. And I said, how's the show going? And you, and you go, uh, uh, some of the reviews were shit, but yeah. the show debuted at, yeah. like, you know, millions of people watch it. So who gives a fuck? Yeah, it's like 13 million people. But in fair, here's what's weird about me and reviews. Um, I've done, like, culty stuff. I don't I don't know what I'm. What, I don't know. I'm not sure what the plan was. I've literally never done anything in my entire life that got really good reviews, except for the screenwriting book, right? But like the stuff that I do that I feel like is like totally culty, and the state when the state came out, when we thought we were the Sex Pistols and the greatest thing that ever happened to comedy, we got a negative one and a half stars. In the- <laughs> 
In, in the New York Post. Stars away the New York Post gave the state <laughs> negative one and a half Did they stars. Have, they had to draw another star to the left. Yeah. It's actually the, a piece of paper from the newspaper came out just to go the other that's way. A, that's incredible. The, 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 the morning that the state premiered on MTV in 1993 or 94 or whatever it was, um, we all got up to do like a radio interviews together. So we went out to New Jersey in the morning to this place, this radio station. And our very first one was like five o'clock in the morning and 11 of us. And, and a guy, a guy, it was a guy from the Tampa power pig was on the other end of the line. And he's like, Hey, you're talking to the power pig in Tampa. And he's like, uh, Hey, you guys are a comedy group called the state out of New York city. You got a show on MTV tonight. That's great. Have you read your review in the USA today yet? Oh no. It's five o'clock in the morning. And we're like, um, you know, optimistic, all kind of like looking around at each other like, hey, we're in the USA Today. I mean, why would he ask if it wasn't why, a glowing review? Why would you ask a bunch of people on your morning radio show at, on the Power Pig at 5 o'clock in the morning? He then read to us one of the meanest. It was unbelievable. Like, we were all standing there, and you could just watch all of our faces oh. as he was like. So it goes on to say, every MTV executive that greenlit this series should be given a urine test, <laughs> uh, which was an actual quote. Says the guy yeah. who works at the Power Pig. <clears throat> so the guy from the Power Pig. And then he ended the interview with, guys, and I don't want you to forget my name. It's spelled exactly like this. One of you write it down, okay? H-A-Y-W-O-O-D-J-A-B-L-O-M-E. Heywood, jubblow me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then, he, and then he hung up on us. And that was our first day in show business. What? <laughs> our first day. You got gang jumped. Our first official day in show business was a dude from the Power Pig in Tampa telling us to blow him. Reading us a bad review, he and might, then he hung up. On he us. might wow. still be at the Power Pig. He uh, he probably is. God bless. He's a good friend now. We uh, that's <laughs> the thing about don't you, carry grudges. You Gary Marshall and the Power Pig. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, I was wondering if I could get the Power Pig's address. I want to send him a hotline. Power Pig, God. Power Pig's making a call. My sister Penny loves the Power Pig. Hey, what the guy named Hey, would you blow me? That's a good yeah. bit, by the way. Real good bit. Um, I I think just so people understand, it's mm. not that. You don't appreciate stuff when it happens. It's just you get so battle-scarred from yeah. putting out fires, putting out fires, putting out fires, putting out fires. That when something good happens, rejection, it's hard. Rejection, rejection, yeah. rejection. You're just like, yeah, great, right, great. Let's just fucking do no, this. Because and... your guard's up all the time. You're so used to just getting like hit I really bike do, chains and I stuff. I really do take yeah. moments mm-hmm. to go, hey, no, this is rad. Like yeah. this thing that you wanted. Yeah, look at you. You got a hit show. It's happening. That must feel like something, right? Yeah, well, there's <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does. For a minute. Yeah. 5.9 million people watched Talking Dead last night. A show about a zombie show. It's is that insane. more than the zombie show? And it's not, no, the zombie up? show is like 14 million. Oh, amazing. Oh. But you well, did what a drop yeah, off. I wouldn't yeah. overthink it, though. Hey, why would you? <laughs> just quite, that's a lot. No, that's a good. It's like 9 million people mm-hmm. just turning it off. That's a good audience retention, though. It's best not to think about these no, things. No, that's good. not to think about it. It's just kind of weird. It's like, that's a lot of people. Yeah, no, but they obviously care what you're already going to talk about. Well, right, but I mean, and they just saw people being torn apart and eaten alive, and that they can't even just wait a little bit to watch I'm sorry, but I stopped thinking when I realized that the odd couple does about basically the same numbers as the Walking Dead. I, I, stopped, I stopped listening to this entire conversation. So whatever problems you guys are having personally, I actually felt good for one second. And I guess that's how you have to feel. The one, the way we feel good in show business is to compare yourself to other people. <laughs> is compare yourself <laughs> to other people. people trying to be better than their friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but I think it. I think it is important to because because you're so much in short term mode, which is. Like I said, just dealing with whatever yeah. you can accomplish in mm-hmm. each minute, and especially with you, who are still writing scripts. Oh yeah, uh, 
it. I have a pitch after this. That's incredible. Yeah. I go from here to a pitch. But that's, I mean, the other thing is like, you know, the goalposts are always getting moved. And it was so funny because I was like, woo, I got a hit show. This is great. I'm, woo, this is, you know, because um, I've, you know, been on culty shows most of my life. And then like the day after we did like our greatest number ever on the TV show, like I had an audition where I was signed in with every guy I know. <laughs> it was just like, you know, for like three scenes in a movie. It's like nothing. There was no like, please come play the weird gynecologist that you always play. No, there's no, <laughs> there's no, there's no offer. Like the, it's always you, the hoops. You're gonna always jump through hoops. Do you think you need yeah. to always feel like you're doing that, or do you feel like if you get comfortable, then it's gonna go away? I wonder. I don't know. You know, that's an interesting thing. I've never gotten quite comfortable, and I don't think you really do either. Do you? No, yeah. it's hard to it's hard to get yeah. comfortable. Actually, I've been feeling. I've been I've been feeling kind of weird lately, and I realized it's my body getting comfortable, mm-hmm. and and it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. getting into a comfortable situation. It's <laughs> yeah. like, what do you mean your body? Getting but you have two television shows. My, bo- my what? What do you mean by your body getting mm-hmm. comfortable? I mean, no, my, I I mean my my circumstances are comfortable uh-huh. in the sense that at midnight's up and running. Yeah, Talking Dead's up and running. Neither of those are going away anytime soon. Podcast yeah. is up and running. Yeah. Stand tours booked through the end of the year. Got a like. The nicest girlfriend in the world. I mean, like, it's everything around me. By the me. way, yeah, well, so go ahead. No, I was just saying yeah. everything's very comfortable. Yeah. It's like all the circumstances are comfortable, and that makes me feel uncomfortable because I'm not used to but it. But then I saw you the other uh, Saturday coming out of the boxing gym. So what is it, what is it about you, Clarice? That why must you go? <laughs> who are you fighting at the boxing gym? <laughs> well, to be fair, boxing is just one small part. A young, of it's a young boy. A young host, who are you punching? Out, who is, who, are you who punching? is he punching, Clarice? Would you um, would you like to would you like to punch someone who is about <laughs> your own weight here on the Isthmus of Dreams? <laughs> Speaking of this, is an awkward no question, I've, and I've had this conversation with Matt Myra. What do you guys? Matt Myra is the guy with the beard, right? Yeah, the thicker beard. Yeah. The, the beard's name is Dory. <laughs> <laughs> Slam dunk from that was way literally that was like when you get fouled and you're shooting a three point shot so you get to shoot. Yeah, it's a four point. It's a four point play. Uh, Here's the here's the etiquette question. Yeah, when is it appropriate to unfollow somebody's ex girlfriend on Twitter? Because Tom's had this conversation twice with We've me. had this conversation a couple of times where it's like, mm, okay, you met a girl, you really liked her, you made me friends with her, now I follow her on Twitter, I never wanted to follow her on Twitter, but now I do. Like, what's the window that you allow? I think immediately is fine. <laughs> you unfollow immediately. Well, I just yeah. think, I, I think if you're not friends with that person. Okay, I gotta unfollow a couple of your exes then. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're friends with someone... I mean, if you become friends with that person, I think it's, yeah. it's it's weird to get territorial and be like. But if you didn't really know that person very well outside of the relationship, I don't think it's weird. You don't think it's weird? No, no I mute him for a couple weird. months and then I go back and clean house. <laughs> you yeah. mute him for yeah. a couple months. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't I don't think that's uh, weird. It's it, not weird. No, okay. I don't think so. And I don't Myra's, Myra's really put me through the ringer on this a couple of times. <laughs> All I'm of committing. Us. Every time I'm committing, we to... go out for to a Korean <laughs> restaurant. Yeah. He's like, "This is the one." Yeah. Everyone, yeah. Fool me three times. Uh, I don't think I've ever said this is the one. So no, have you, you? You have not unfollowed his girlfriend yet? I, no, I unfollowed a couple of uh, <laughs> Myers. Yeah. I might be talking about one of yours that maybe. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. But oh. it's like it's weird. It's awkward. They follow you, and they're like, "Oh, great, follow back." Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I think I think if you are only 
if your only way in was that one friend and you're not really friends with the other person, I don't think it's mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. Do you guys notice I've been accidentally, and maybe it's the new... Following people? Yes. 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 You got Has everybody been doing this? Yes. It's um, a real problem. I have accidentally followed about 20 people in the past month, yeah. and they're all really nice. And you yeah. feel bad about unfollowing I them. I can't. I can't I do, do it, it now. I don't do, I don't do it. it. I just when they call them. you out on it. They know it was a mistake to follow them, and, but, you know, you, and you unfollow them, they go, oh, thanks no, for no, following no. and unfollowing. So, I don't immediately unfollow them. I, they wait, will you meet them for like, a couple oh months, and then Oh my God, Matt is following me, and then I just go, all right, that's it. But, I guess I'm following so, you now. <clears throat> the idea of the follow the person button on the bottom of every single tweet was a weird idea, don't you think? Yes. Well, I use TweetBot. Which ah. is a different, which is a different Not Twitter app. My noise delivery oh my is here. Oh, good. They yeah, made I had a bunch of noise delivered here. I hope that's okay. I got a noise delivery. That's me. You guys better wear these. He's a very quiet delivery man. <laughs> <laughs> He's like whisper and living like that. Jesus Christ! What on earth is happening out there? Donkey Kong. That's uh, Robert Durst is making a new friend. Kyle goes black, bloody. Yeah. I don't think he wants to stop. They breached the building. They breached the building. Secure the perimeter. <laughs> Why did you unfollow his ex? Why did you unfollow? Why did you unfollow? She's here. How'd that work out? <laughs> nope, didn't work out. All the last pieces going down. What was that? That's just they were unloading all the office upstairs, so it's just all the furniture in that room was coming. Oh, and so what did they do? Shove it down folded. the stairs? Actually, yeah. Happens, man. <laughs> <laughs> They're <laughs> just moving, pushing furniture down the stairs. We might have made it worse. <laughs> well, they just found out Jesse was canceled on the Disney Channel. <laughs> they got to move everything out. They got to move her. There's a ton of Disney shows on this lot. Yeah, it's a crazy lot. Yeah, this is a crazy lot, but it's got great history. Yeah, it great, does. great history. Viva Variety's final season was what? shot right here. Nice. Yeah, my parking space for Viva Variety was very close to here. Not to brag, kids. That is a huge brag. <laughs> yeah. Viva Variety is a show that no one remembers. I, I remember, remember Viva yeah. Variety. I love Viva Variety. Great. Johnny Blue Jeans. Johnny Blue Jeans. That was on, I used to watch it at my grandmother's house all the time mm-hmm. on Sundays for mm-hmm. some reason. I just remember my friend Tommy. By the way, I'm going to unfollow your grandma on Twitter now. Yeah. Okay. No, don't. She's yeah. very vindictive. She died long before Twitter. <laughs> Viva Variety, uh, I mean, it's. I'm actually surprised there hasn't been something else that kind of lampoons Sabado Gigante or those types of. Right. That's what, for, for people who never saw it, it was basically like a fake. Uh, like if you ever go to Europe and like you have jet lag and then you turn on the TV and there's like a game show where there's like a topless lady and like a goat and everything <laughs> everybody's screaming and you can't quite tell what's if it's real or if it's a sketch that's that's what uh, Viva Variety that's what was. Sabado Gigante was too yeah. Sabado Gigante it's on, mm-hmm. on Telemundo or Univision uh, yeah and, and it, it, it is like a it's like a multi-tool of a show where there's a game there's a game show element and sketch comedy and then all of a sudden the audience breaks into song and they're singing the Don Francisco it's yeah. also like Don four, Francisco it's also like four hours long it's, it's yeah, the like longest the entire, show yeah. ever if we, if we ever redid uh, Viva Variety that's, you know we wanted to do a show with uh, Toby Huss who does a character called Rudy Cassoni yeah. oh yeah Rudy Cassoni's a great character and my pitch for that was what if it was a telethon every week <laughs> so there's literally just People sitting at a bank of phones. That's so funny. <laughs> and you just are doing. <laughs> it's like the last the show hour is of just a twelve hour of, of a yeah. Like you've been <laughs> on a marathon and just people can yeah. That's a great idea. But uh, yeah, Viva Variety was a lot. We had a lot of fun uh, and a lot of interesting people on that show. How many pitches do you think? As many things as you've gotten greenlit. Is it ten to Ooh, one? How many things? It, uh, TV wise, uh, TV film, TV wise, movie wise, we're probably running it about. For every eight scripts, I mean, that we sell to movie studios and write for them, maybe we get one out of eight made, something like that. TV-wise, we've done a couple different things. We did a, uh, we did a, a bunch of pilots that have failed. 
a bunch. But this is a good thing to learn about dust yourself off and get back up again because uh, Reno 911 was thrown together over a weekend because we were in 2000, three years before it came on the air. We were doing a sketch comedy, just a straight up sketch pilot for Fox, no twist. It was the only we had cast it. We had Cedric and Nisi and Carlos and Ben and I had written. We wrote like 90 sketches and then honed it down to like the best 10, 12, 15 sketches. And we were really proud of it. And we went in and did a table read like the week before we were going to start shooting. And um, Gail Berman, who was the president of Fox at the time, pulled the plug in the room. Holy shit. <laughs> what? She was like, that was all funny. But um, here's the thing, guys. I, I don't know. I don't see any reason to do a sketch show. Like what's it's the opposite of why people watch TV. You know, sketch shows are. People watch TV to see characters they love doing in new situations or in situations where they get to, you know, uh, uh, surprise your expectations. Um, and then the other thing she said was, and by the way, I was, this was the year 2000. So uh, I was 30. She was like, we don't need a sketch show, and we sure don't need a sketch show with such a mature cast. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Like, Whoa. And I was like, wait, I'm 30. And they're like, no, we were old and... Uh, not needed. Oh my god! So we basically the plug was pulled, but we had Cedric and Carlos and uh, Nisi and Carrie and Ben and, and me. And um, over the weekend, we're like, "Well, shit, we have a crew, and we have funny people." We're like, "What if we shot something else? You know, what if we just like turned in an extra credit pilot and see if we could get anything picked up?" And the sketch show was supposed to be for. Uh, Saturday nights on Fox and it would have been immediately basically following cops so we're like what if we just spoofed cops what if we did a cop spoof where everything is sketches but the insane thing about that was in the pilot which you might be able to find somewhere maybe I could secretly leak it to Nerdist at some point please I have it please um, it. is have you seen it yeah, we sure. play all of the perps and all of the cops oh wow so it was basically like Little Britain oh like Kroll Show I mean yeah. Little Britain like Kroll Show yeah, <laughs> yeah like Yeah. Uh, so we all like we come up to crimes where we are also all the perps. We just had like a bag of bullets. Please let us That's post that. That'd I be will, amazing. I'd love to see that. I will absolutely give it to That'd you. That'd be post. amazing. Um, and so did you I give a, that to Fox or did we you gave, turn it into Fox and uh, did not make the cut? It was told it was a little too gay because at the end of the, the the last call of the, of the episode is Dangle has pulled over a trainer uh-huh. and it's all shot from the dash cam. And the trainer is played by Ben Grant, my writing partner. And we just were talking. I'm like, wow, this is your driver's license. Wow, you, just, wow, you don't look like you weigh 138. <laughs> and then he has me doing push-ups. And then we, it ends with us straight up just making out. <laughs> for like, like it keeps dissolving and we get closer and closer. And, closer. And, we're and we were told their guys like, guys, you got to tone this down. It's insane. And we're like, you know what? Fuck you. We're not going to tone it down. That's we like it. Good for like, you. Great. We're not picking it up. <laughs> so how did it get to Comedy Central? Sat on the shelf at Fox for three years. Oh, fuck. No one ever mentioned it. Nobody talked about it. Ben and I went and did tried some other pilots and things. Uh, and then Jim Sharp came to us and he's like, do you guys have a show that's really, really cheap you could do? <laughs> and we're like, hey, what about the one where we're pretend cops? And they saw it and they're like, great. The only thing is you can't play the perps too. That's insane and it's really weird and nobody likes it. Um, so we to- we phased out us playing the criminals, hmm. but um, yeah, that was one of those weird things where the just characters like, are pretty much there. What was it called? It was called Reno Nine One One. Oh, it was Reno Nine One? Actually, when it was at Fox, they this was insane. They made us turn it back in 
they wanted it to be they wanted it to change every week. Like one week we'd be ambulance drivers and then we'd be lawyers. So it was called Viva Variety Presents. Oh, you know, 911. I don't know why. It was insane. Now, didn't Gail yeah. Berman had just say, like, people like to see the same characters? I know. It was insane. Okay. So, uh, so anyway, but that's the thing. And then we just wrote a movie for her last year. So it's like, you know what? Don't don't hold any grudges in this. No, 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 no. There's no there's no point. There's no point. Because memories are short unless oh, so you're addicted to people. So short. Yeah. If you're addicted to people, memories are very long. People will very remember yeah. for decades we people did, that were shitty to them. Let's go through some other big, big flops. We did a pilot for NBC called The Strip. I remember. Yeah. You remember that one? Yeah. It was about like my character had wanted to open a sort of a nice restaurant in North Las Vegas. <laughs> But it turns out nobody wanted a nice restaurant. So basically it just kept devolving. The restaurant over like a year had basically turned into like a Hooters <laughs> um, from like a sort of a nice like bistro. And uh, the theme, the, the pilot of that one was uh, people were throwing chicken bones on the floor. Um, <laughs> and it was getting really so disgusting. And I was... I was like, well, this is horrifying. And they're like, well, you can throw peanut shells. And it's like, well, that's an exoskeleton. That's not. <laughs> so it was. Uh, and Natasha Ojero was in that. And uh, basically, I put up a bell over a garbage can, was my like amazing workaround to get people to whip their bones <laughs> put a bell. And then NBC was like, this is so really gross. Like, can we change it? Like, this is the whole pilot. By the way, Jonah, I, I just, I, re- I read, because I was performing in St. Louis, so I couldn't go to the Justin Bieber roast. I had read, and then you told me separately that Natasha fucking destroyed. It was, a, yeah. it was incredible. It was no the best surprise. set of the entire night. No was, surprise. Yeah, it was amazing. Isn't that She's fun amazing. when your friends, people that you know are so fucking funny, and then yeah. all of a sudden the rest of the world starts figuring it out, and you're like, yes, yeah. this is what I was saying. Yeah, me and Matt were talking about it earlier, and she's in a great position too because it's like she's not that well-known as like a celebrity of any sort. And so the only thing, the only jokes that people were able to throw at her were because she's a woman that she's a whore or a slut. Which, like, you know, is not the case. So she's not affected by him. So she just, you know, sits there poised as fuck, yeah. just looking gorgeous, and then just goes up on the stage and just, just decimates everybody. She's been in every pilot we've ever done. Yeah. yeah. She's incredible. Um, we did the space one, right? We did the space one I'm really yeah. proud of, too. She's such a good joke writer. Can I she the space one to you? Will I get in trouble for that? At some point, I'll leak you all this stuff. Please. But I'll start with the Reno, the Reno pilot where we play everybody is weird. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. I also yeah. have the strip, that's a great which idea. cool. Though. Yeah, secretly, secret, secret leaks. The WikiLeaks. Is it Wiki uh, leaks, uh, hard story. WikiLeaks? Hard, hard WikiLeaks. <laughs> Brand it. Brand <laughs> it. Get the URL. .gov.org.tv. .biz. Hard WikiLeaks. But we did a show. Uh, it was basically just Reno 911 in a horrible uh, spaceship. Um, and it was just called <laughs> Alabama, which was the name. The ship was called the USS Alabama. This one was so... I played uh, acting captain Glenn Frenchman. Mm-hmm. Um, Natasha Legero was our a sex robot that we had been issued, but we'd been in space for six years with her. So we were all over the idea of having sex with her a long time ago. And now she was basically kind of like our girlfriend that we couldn't quite break up with. And she was going to tell us about when she's not a sex robot anymore, she's going to get a real estate license. I want to see, uh, I see like, this. Uh, Alabama, Ben Grant played a robot. Uh, Rob Hubel played our, the ship's sniper. Uh, Mindy Sterling was our doctor, who I had a bit of an affair with. Um, and uh, the pilot episode, we get sucked down to a planet by uh, Eddie Izzard. Oh, wow. Who is like a super brilliant 
being and he wants to test us to see what human beings are capable of. Like, will we choose which one of us to, to die? Which we do in like one second. <laughs> it was, uh, I was really proud of that one too. That one, I, I mean, this is the thing is just dust yourself off. Because I was like, whenever you think, you're like, I know I was right this time. Nope. Yeah. Well, you know what's crazy is that these networks, I feel like they're sitting on potential gold mines. Like they should be, they, you know, like someone like Fox should make a deal with Netflix or Hulu oh, and well just done. basically have like a pilot channel. And like these are a yeah. bunch of pilots that we made and one of them will catch on. Well, what's interesting is that there's never been the technology to put that out like there is now with like Netflix and stuff. Right. Yeah. But yeah, we have some weird stuff. You know who should put it out? Hard WikiLeaks. What? <laughs> I would love to because I guarantee but you there, there, there are things in yeah. there that some network executive was wrong about or had, was in a bad mood the day they screened yeah. it and some potentially gargantuan hit well, got yeah. The other thing that they probably have in common is a lot of them were too weird. Yeah. You know, which is like kind of good. This is kind of yeah. perfect. Yeah. It's That'd so, be great. It's so weird, though. It's just like to like be in a creative field and then working so hard to like make something, and then someone else says, uh, "Well, we don't want to use it." You're like, "Okay, cool. Well, yeah. can we have it back?" No, we're just gonna that painting you worked really hard on. We're just gonna put it in a vault. No, I'm gonna, gonna sit it. on it. No, I'd rather. It's like it, I worked really hard on it. I'd like to show people the painting. No, I'd rather you not. Then I have are you gonna show anyone? No, no, no. probably not. Yeah. Never. Yeah, probably yeah. not. We then just I, uh, can I have the sketch back where I pitched you the painting. No, yeah. no I got to keep that too. That's no. ours, actually. Yeah, we. Um, <laughs> I might need that. I'm gonna yeah. need that. Then, we uh, like then, to drown the babies. We've what? Been our, <laughs> we've been calling uh, the movies we've been writing lately uh, uh, shelf paper, just because. <laughs> <laughs> like we've written so many movies, and then like the studio head gets fired, and you're like. Like we had a movie that was so popular at one of these studios, and everybody's like, "We love it! Can't wait to get it going!" Oh, hey, did you guys hear that uh, everybody just got fired? Um, so <laughs> e- even it. more yeah. than acting with with yeah. writing, you, which you know is, I feel like writing is more of a tangible skill set because you you can't just go act; you can go write. Not unless you're on the streets in France. <laughs> I feel yeah. like yeah, and even so, mm-hmm. there's still mm-hmm. every day is like. Who knows if this will go or not? Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I mean, even when people go, this is happening, the paperwork is signed, you still, again, squish your oh, excitement down because no, they're no, like, no, 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 <laughs> Well, yeah. Yeah. Because so many times yeah. you've been disappointed and every time you allow yourself and someone's like, look, I know what other, but this time this thing is really going mm-hmm. and then you start to, and, and it's kind of funny that it brings us all back in the circle because it's why I started the podcast because yeah. we, were, we were working on a show for E that they were like, the show is definitely going we're rebranding this other show. We want this. It's gonna happen. And then, of course, you know, and we didn't want that. Th- yeah. God. Oh, we decided not to do it. I was like, we worked on that for five no, months, and you yeah. said, yeah, I know. But the head of the you company, guys didn't know. It didn't test well. And so I, and so that's <laughs> when I got all pissed off and was like, well, I'm gonna start a podcast. And that's why that's when I called these mm-hmm. guys and I called you. And I, yep. it was a Thursday and. Mm-hmm. We set it up for the Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. You got Senor Abuelito saying that beautiful theme. The song. beautiful theme song, mm-hmm. which is why I think mm-hmm. you know the takeaway lessons are. Being able to, you know, just because just because like a, a tree gets chopped down doesn't mean that you can't scavenge the seeds and plant other trees. You That's, know, like uh, we've actually never had something good happen to us that didn't come off of a failure. So be, that 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 alone is a mm-hmm. skill set of being able to yeah. not go well. Fuck everything. Yeah, yeah. we wrote we Make wrote Reno and Night at the Museum because we had a deal in place to write Taxi Two. Oh, we wrote fuck. Taxi with Jimmy Fallon and Queen Latifah. Oh wow! It tested amazing. Came out, 
almost ended our careers. <laughs> <laughs> the producer called us. He said, you guys are going to be radioactive for a little while. Oh, that's yeah. fuck. So not only was there no Taxi 2 for us to write, they called us in. They're like, you got to pick one of these three children's books to fulfill your contract on Taxi 2. That book we picked was Night at the Museum. Was oh the children's book wow. of the museum? God. So like, and then yeah, and Reno Nine One is a failed. Was a failed. The greatest success of my life is a failed Fox pilot that then ran for you know eighty eight episodes in a movie. Did you straight up audition for Odd Couple? No, uh, I got a call about it, and I, I remember thinking, I don't know if that's a good idea. Trying to redo the Odd Couple, I was like, "That's the level of because they've tried a couple times." Yeah, they've done it a couple times. Uh, there was actually, a, there was a black version, yep. like Ron Glass from Barney Miller was yep. in it. There was a uh, there was an animated cartoon, uh, but you know, I the the thing I I thought was ah, I am kind of perfect for that was my first thought, <laughs> which was a bummer. It's one of those times you look in the mirror and have a tiny bit too much perspective on yourself. You're like, "Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm basically that annoying." Yeah. Uh, but the other thing I thought was, you know, Tony Randall was third Felix Unger. If it had been only Tony Randall and then me attempting it, I probably would not have done it. Right. But since... Jack Lemmon. They're, they're, uh, Ron Glass. Uh, since there have been a bunch, I felt more like... And because Gary Marshall's uh, uh, on the show also, I was like, you know what? I think there's, there's an attempt to be made there. You know, because Tony Randall, you know, certainly, you know, looked at the Jack Lemmon performance and did something different. And I think I've looked at both of their performances and still done something a little different. So, um, it was intense, but, but I'm really happy playing the part. It's really fun. Just like, well, the sitcom schedule couldn't be more perfect for the rest of your life. It's really amazing, but I get to do like, I get to play my cello on the show and I get to do lots of weird little things. I get to add a lot of my own, Lameness. Would you be it. happy working on the show for like you know? Would you want it to? I'm oh sure you want the God. show to go for 100 episodes and go into syndication. And stuff. I just want to do renegotiate twice, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just two times. <laughs> I don't need to do big bang renegotiate. Well, no, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. You know, it's funny how has, has your perspective on the. Is there a noticeable change in your perspective on the business from when you were in the state? I mean, would you have rejected a show like this back then? Like, no, it's a network sitcom, and I'm not doing a fucking network sitcom. Probably. I probably would have considered myself too... I would have Edgy. said I have too much street cred, and I'm too cool to do something like that. Right. <laughs> but um, that was the other reason I think... I mean, that's the other reason I think I was a, probably a good choice for it, because I'm more of a sort of indie... I've never been in any hits. <laughs> I mean, <I've> been, <laughs> what do you call that when you've never there been? Any a, but you've written them. People who have been on hit sitcoms. There are really aren't. Yeah, yeah. there's some. It's a small group. Yeah, especially now it's a small yeah. group. Yeah, I mean it's you don't get you get like a week. Boy, they will. This is a town really gets fickle. They can't wait to cancel you. Yeah, it's just the fingers got, like right on the cancel. You know, nine one got canceled. It was still a huge hit. It was doing. <laughs> he was doing great. We were very surprised by that. Yeah. Are you guys going to go back and do anything else, another movie or something? Reno-wise? Yeah. We probably will at some point. We get together once in a while. We did went and we shot like a... Uh, the guy who was in charge of the station that we filmed at and ran for sheriff. So we went and shot a commercial for him, and it was really, really fun. Like, it's really fun to put on the outfits. I mean, when you guys were on At and Midnight, that was so much fun. That was one of my favorite things we kind of ever oh did, my God. was the all Reno 911 At Midnight episode. That was yeah. spectacular. It was really great. <laughs> It was really you, you guys. I mean, like, I don't know how. I don't know if they. I think they put the unedited version on the website, but you it can was, see like fifty minutes of it. I think, huh. and that yeah. was about what it was. Mm-hmm. It didn't Fuck. go much longer than that. Yeah, we only cut like 
just yeah. a couple flubs. minutes. I think just a couple minutes here and there, but it was uh, that was a remarkable. It is so fun to be that dumb, you know. <laughs> well, it's because you know when Trudy's you're... so fun to like try to pitch jokes to, mm-hmm. like because she can literally say anything. Well, that what's great about <laughs> all of the characters, myself included, is the reason I think we're good at playing them is they're they're just the heightened. <laughs> like, and I say this that's true about Carrie it's true about Ben it's very true about me which is I just I go, turn, I go from like a 3 to like an 11 of personality yeah wow but it's there's a lot there's a lot of overlap that was such a riff fest mm-hmm. that was so much fun it was really good and it was beautifully wrangled by you I actually I really don't know I sent you a note afterwards I was like I don't know how you've wrangled that because we're hard we are also hard to wrangle though <laughs> Yeah. I think I, it's it's helpful that I know all of you guys. Yeah, yeah, very well. And then, yeah. uh, but it takes some authority. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was really it's fun. Really good it, it, it's that that kind of. Have yeah. there been other in character at Midnight's? Not many. We did one with Paula Tompkins and two of the puppets. Oh, the puppets. No, you yeah, shut yeah, up. Yeah. And then, well, that's uh, weird because Paul was Paul. Paul yeah. is Paul. And, yeah. But um, uh, have we done that in character? No, no, no. I guess not. Not counting... That was fantastic. Maybe we should come on as the characters, but in civilian clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I got to bust out the Morrissey, the Dangle Morrissey t-shirt, oh and God. the denim shorts. That'd be yeah. fantastic. Just, mm-hmm. It's basically just making off-duty, Reno off-duty. Like Re- the Reno off-duty episode. Every six months, we should bring the Reno guys back to do a... We could, oh, by the way, me and uh, I bet me and Mike Black and Kerry Kenny would probably come on as the Viva Variety, but none of the kids would know who that. Yeah. No one would care. <laughs> That's incredible. Unfortunately, no one would care who those people are. It's the only bummer about that. <laughs> are you doing anything with Wet Hot American Summer or no? No. <laughs> Is that a different camp? No. No matter how much, uh, same no matter how much I love them, it's the same camp. No, I have no I'm not in it at all. I get, uh, they usually give me like a special thanks. Got it. But no. I didn't know what the... I no, the only know. David Wayne movie I'm in is The Tent. Okay. Is the only one I make that every state member makes. Every state member is also in the Reno movie. Yeah. Also, yeah. So when David Wayne said that the state hates SNL, I'm still trying to find it. <laughs> it's not David God Wayne. <laughs> Myra was right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Everybody has to scroll back to see what he said. <laughs> scrubbing backwards, scrubbing backwards. Well, uh, congratulations on Odd Couple. Gentlemen. And every 650 times, I'll come in. That sounds right. <laughs> is that what you're at right now? Yeah. yeah technically, six, technically, I've actually, this is my third, so. Yeah. Six, this is your third or fourth? No, four. This is your fourth. Four. You're four. on with Ben when you guys are promoting the book. Right, right, right. It's yeah. your live show, mm-hmm. Meltdown. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that one, too. But, um, but, I, but I am Man, constantly that... inspired by... the New York one, no one will ever hear. Oh, my the audio God. Clicks. We did a lost episode. I bet... Hang no. on. I bet someone could fix that now. I still have the think? files. Do you still have the files? I still have the files. We, we did a... We, that was amazing. What what theater was that at? It was at the the grammar the grammar scene. This is the grammar scene. Jim Gaffigan was on. That was a power you show. You were on, yeah, and then fun. when we got the audio file after the show, that was a hit. Audio the, hit. The, the engineer, the or the there's like a continuous yeah. like throughout the whole thing. But you could probably scrub out that. You could probably uh, pull out that. No, it's not a continuous hum. It's a it's an audio it's hit. Click. It's a hit. It's a pop 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 that goes throughout. Yeah, 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 I'll track um, them down. That I would got the lost, the lost nerdcast. God, that's from, oh, that was a night's night. That was a fun yeah. night. Five years we've been yeah. doing this. For I was hilarious. That's that was so a big show. I'm trying to remember what happened. We did. We actually did two back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did because I was in the first one, and then Gaffigan was in the second one. Yeah, both the stars of Shia LaBeouf's movie. 
What? Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a star. I was co star. Little did you know when you were recording that podcast, those two guys would go on to star in a, in a Shia plagiarized <laughs> Daniel Slough Shia LaBeouf movie. Giants walk the earth, you guys. <laughs> he seems to be doing okay now. Shia? Yeah. Yeah, he seems great. Is he okay? I don't know. <laughs> he's okay. He's out of the gym recently. He's got a rat tail now. Yeah. yeah. He's going to, is he still working out in jeans? Yeah. Yeah. He works out in jeans? Works out in jeans. Skinny jeans and yeah. combat boots. No, you, no. No. Yep. I'm going to yep. go ahead and say no. I mean, this, I just no. I just think it's a bad... I mean, like, I just think is it's very impressive. abrasive. Yeah, yeah. It's very impressive. Heat. Oh, it's very super impressive. not great for your genitals. It's not good yeah, at all. Maybe it helps with sweat. I don't know. Yeah. Unless I mean, you... Unless you how, are you, how are you supposed to have unsimulated sex in movies if you're, if you're, if you're <laughs> tearing <laughs> up your nuts at, a, at the gym? But the other thing is, if you're just trying to break in jeans... Nothing yeah. better you can Nothing do. Better. Really. I guess that's true. Yeah. Other than do it with an erection, like if you, yeah, yeah. that's when to do it. Yeah, it's you got to go to the gym. I like go to, to the gym, gym with a boner. Get a boner. <laughs> go to the gym the and best, get a boner. The best pair of broken in jeans of your entire life. <laughs> get right in the pool with them on. Get I mean, the steam room with them on. <laughs> Nothing like boner squats to break in mm-hmm. a, a nice you know, pair of jeans. Uh, Bobby Lee breaks in jeans for people. <laughs> <laughs> I am one hundred percent not kidding. Next time he's on, ask Bobby Lee does he does he or does he not break in jeans and then sell them to businessmen? I will absolutely ask. He him does that the next time he's there. <laughs> he tried to talk me into it. He's that like, Tom, you can make so much money, man. I was like, tracks. Bobby, you know I write movies and stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know yeah, what are you, you wearing? Also, you can also those... break in jeans for businessmen. <laughs> Okay. I'm gonna do that. Wow. <laughs> well, congratulations on Thank the you show, guys. And uh, you continue to. Y- you know, there was a while where it was very funny how much you were losing at midnight, and yeah. now you're on quite a winning streak. Well, here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. I, you know, uh, as a person affiliated with the show who's been around the show for a long time, I didn't really come out swinging hard the first couple times because. I just didn't come out swinging hard. You know, it was like, hey, it's a, you know, whatever. It's a lark, guys. It doesn't really matter, right? The internet then started to hate me so much <laughs> that I was like, okay, fuck this. No, I'm going to try. Not, no, no way I'm going to. No, I'm not losing anymore. So I refuse to lose now, basically. It's Have been I lost quite well. well. What's it I don't like, think I've lost it like, like five or six. What's it like to lose, you guys? I don't even know. It's great. Uh, well, you got to be you got to be honest as much as me, and you'll know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Te- technically, I haven't lost either, but I also haven't won. Yeah. Yeah. People frequently pitch yeah, that I pitch should that you host, host yeah, and then we do it and compete. Maybe we'll yeah. do that at some point. I see that most frequent the text I see. About it is the most frequent I see too. They want people want to see you play. I think I think it'd be fun. No, you lost. You know what we should do. You won't, you won't lose. Won't Although lose. I never thought I would either. You know the other thing we should leak. <laughs> the other thing we should leak is the original Tweeter Dome pilot. That would be weird because so many things about it were bad. A lot was good, but like we <laughs> Tweeter Dome was the original uh, at midnight pilot hosted by me. Yep. With uh, it was set in like a Thunderdome. Yeah. There was ninjas would bring out the competitors, <laughs> and they were in thumb handcuffs, and then we'd take the handcuffs off their thumbs so they could tweet. And the show had a co-host, Sarah Jean Underwood was Sarah Jean Underwood, and she would, if you lost, she would blow on a French horn, and it was pretty insane. I actually haven't seen it in a long time. I just remember when... I remember uh, my face is kind of fat in it, When the too. head of Comedy Central <laughs> called me and said, um, we're not going to pick up the pilot you did for mm-hmm. us, but... Tom Lennon and Funny or Die have made this other show called Tweeter Dome, mm-hmm. and we're interested to see if you would want to come host mm-hmm. and help redevelop the show. Mm-hmm. And I said, send me the link. And within one minute, I was absolutely in love with the show. I'm like, this is fucking brilliant. Why is this not on television yet? Were you hesitant at first before uh, watching There was it? not a second of hesitation. Yeah. There was not a second of hesitation because I loved everyone who was involved. He yeah. said, they said, Funny or Die produced, Tom mm-hmm. and Ben produced. Mm-hmm. 
this other uh, company called Serious Business created the show, and it uh, Weird Al, Kumail, and Natasha, and Natasha were on. Once again, she's, she's I've never done a pilot that she wasn't in. <laughs> and yeah. she crushes on Tweeterdome. Yeah, she's amazing. And I think she, did she win? She, oh, Kumail, Kumail won. And, uh, yeah. Spoiler! Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert on a thing that um, happened two and a half, three years ago. Three years. <laughs> but honestly, it, is, it was such a... It's like... The pacing of the jokes. You should put it as an Easter egg. So hide fast. it. Hide it somewhere. Where you can find it. Very. I dug up a pitch that I had written for this for at midnight that was dated November 2013, and Ooh. I was like, "Wow, we've been doing this show for a while. Yeah, you've been that for crazy? a long time. It is we've done insane. over 200 episodes. Yeah. You could syndicate our show now. Did you see? Did you ever see? I wrote the Please do. At I midnight, love the residuals. movie trailer. Did you ever see that sketch? No. I'll send it back to you. You never saw the sketch I wrote? I don't think I did. It's a movie trailer for the At Midnight, the, the movie. That's amazing. <laughs> I'll send it to you today. Please. Well, why don't we make that? We can at least just put that up on the website. Yeah. So you're going to send me that, and We're I'm going to get the space thing, and yeah. then also the original Reno pilot. I'm actually going to do that. Yeah. I would love that. Great. All right. Gents. Tom Lennon. Always a pleasure. Uh, do you Nerd case. Think... The nerd is a... He's got to make you a scarfant sunglasses. I'm glossing. Where did you come from? Don't be nervous. The nerd is a podcast for you. It's going to make you a socks and some gloves and a socks and some gloves. Ring. Do you want? Do you enjoy a burrito? Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. 
All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.